Hog fans, it's time for Hunker Down, Impact Media's weekly drive right through the hedges into the world of the UGA Bulldogs football team. I'm your host, Jeremy the Impact York. Welcome in. Before we get started, as always, if you would like to contact the show, here are the ways that you can do so. You can email us at 3endzone at gmail.com. That is the number 3, E-N-D. Z-O-N-E at gmail.com and as some of you have found out I am the one who replies to about 99% of them unless they're not addressed to me there are other people here but I that is me that responds and we do respond to every message also you can look for us on Facebook Impact Media Hunker Down Jeremy York any of those should find us and should be able to find the show in doing so if you're one of those people that just likes to click on a link and listen to a show. We appreciate you guys greatly as well. You can go to Twitter at Team Impact Media. Scroll down to the appropriate show. In this case, it would be Hunker Down. Click on that, and you it will take you to directly to where you can listen to the show. Listen as many times as you want. There is no limit. You don't have to pay for anything. There's no paywall behind this. We don't charge you. We just ask that you continue to listen to the show. You tell others about the show, and you visit our sponsors that we'll get into later. Also, if you would like to follow me for show links, things on the show, things off the show, just um, fascinating things I think are worth posting about, you can do so by following at TheImpact99 on Twitter, Triller, TikTok, and Instagram. You was missing one. And as always, you can find us anywhere you can find a podcast, including Podcast One, Spotify, the iTunes Store, anywhere really you can find a podcast. If there is somewhere you regularly find a podcast, you cannot find one, please let us know. We will fix that accordingly. So, UGA fans, you guys are 11 and 0. You guys are 11 and 0 after you, um, you did a, a real good job of keeping Kentucky in front of you, not on the scoreboard, but in front of you. You didn't really let them back behind your defense. You really didn't let their defense do a lot to you, but some things did happen in this game, and so let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the Georgia Bulldogs going up to Kentucky to face the Wildcats. Uh, it started, and I just got to say out of the gate, that was a bad call. That was a fair catch by... Um, by the Kentucky uh, player there. Ended up leading to a punt. Didn't didn't matter much as far as, as anything really. But come on, refs, right out of the gate, you blow a call. Okay, whatever. Uh, UGA did get the ball. They took a ton of time off the clock. Uh, both those teams did in the first drive. Led to a 27-yard field goal from Podlesny. Three to nothing with 2:56 to go in the first. So the next Kentucky drive uh, ends the first, goes into the second. They get all the way down near the end zone. I gotta say, Will Levis, whether you guys believe me or not, Will Levis is going to be one of the first, probably two, one of the first two quarterbacks off the board in next year or in the upcoming draft. It's just gonna happen. That's that's exactly what's gonna happen. He's got the mechanics, he's got the size, he's got the ability, 
He's unfortunately on a team that's that's not very good this year, so it doesn't look as impressive. But Will Levis is a really really good quarterback. Uh, did a good job of containing him all day. In fact, you had him throw the interception near the end zone on this drive that uh, gave UGA the ball. They march it most of the way down the field. They get a 24-yard field goal to make it six to nothing with about three minutes to go. I mean, these these drives are long, sustaining drives. Uh, then we get uh, Kentucky gets the ball back. They end up having the punt. UGA gets the ball back, leads to another field goal. This one from 37. It is nine to nothing. That basically takes us to halftime. What kind of halftime adjustment was there? Well, here is the halftime adjustment. You scored nine points. Your kicker scored nine points in the first. He ended up being your leading scorer today. This Kentucky defense was a little interesting, plus UGA was uh, looked like they were trying a few different things, some new things here and there. You know, maybe not the game to do that on, but maybe you're ironing out some, some things there. Uh, but UGA opens up throwing an interception on the first drive of the second half. Didn't amount to anything as Kentucky ended up having a punt on their next drive. That led to a McIntosh run touchdown to make it 16 to nothing. That would be as many points as UGA would score on the day. With 6.22 to go at that point in the third. Uh, they had great field position in that one, by the way, and uh, it led to the good McIntosh run. He has really been doing some exceptional things. Uh, as of late, he's really come alive. Kentucky had the ball next. They end up punting. UGA gets it to end the third. They were on the goal line. Uh, as that continued into the fourth quarter, the Kentucky defense had a great stop on uh, fourth down to uh, stop UGA from scoring. Like I said, they didn't score at all after that touchdown. Um where was that? There it is. Uh, Kentucky was uh, basically in their own end zone to have to start this drive. They were driving. They used some big passes to get downfield. Uh, Levis was doing some fantastic work to get them down the field. Led to a Levis to Brown touchdown. The two point was no good. That made it 16 to six. What an amazing score for a college football game, right? With 9.52 to go, UGA has the ball. They get shut down. It goes to a punt. Kentucky gets the ball back. First play, huge pass downfield. That led to a 38-yard field goal. That was no good. UGA punts. Uh, turnover on downs for Kentucky. And UGA ends it with a victory formation and the 16-6 win. Uh, don't worry, the rest of the top five was having uh, just as, as crazy of a day as you guys were. As everybody played closer than they should have games. And just uh, was, uh, was kind of crazy how it was playing out. Kind of crazy how it was playing out, like I said. Um, you know, not the, the world's biggest stat day. 
for the Bulldogs. Stetson Bennett, 13 for 19, 116 yards and an interception. McIntosh at least had 19 carries for 143 yards and a touchdown. Edwards come in and had 50 yards on his own. Milton had 31. Stetson had 25. I mean, 247, almost 250 yards rushing. That was a lot of the highlight. They, uh, Blaylock ended up with two catches for 38 yards. Lad McConkie had three catches for 28 yards. Um, 19 for McIntosh. Rosamy had 10. Bowers had 10. It just, I'm not real sure what was going on with the offense. I know the Kentucky defense was, was playing pretty good, but it just seemed like UGA just could not quite get out of uh, the blocks. Uh, defensively, outside of Beal Jr. and Bullard's combined sack, uh, there was some tackles for a loss as well. There was a little bit more of those. But uh, you got the Ringo interception that uh, he ran back for 45 yards. That was nice. Uh, like I said, Podlesny hit every kick he was supposed to, including the extra point. So he actually accounted for 10 of your 16 points. That's, uh, you, you got to do better than that. I mean, to highlight for, I mean, the, the MVP for a while was Thorson, who had two kicks for 91 yards, averaging 45 and a half. Both of them inside the 20. That field position actually mattered. I said on the flip side, even though they were down, Will Levis was 20 for 31, 206, a touchdown and an interception. Great play by Ringo as well, like I said. Uh, leading rusher, Rodriguez for them, had 51 yards. Nobody else could really get anything going. Now, they did have, you know, Brown, their receiver, 10 catches, 145 yards, and a touchdown, including that long 47-yarder. Uh, but he was he was the main guy. He also had a costly fumble that um, just did not help them at all. They didn't get any sacks, any tackles for a loss. They were really doing more of a contain than they were a pressure, and it seemed to work. I don't know if other teams are going to particularly try that or not, but, you know, it seemed like, Kentucky come in with a plan, and they almost pulled it off. They were, they needed a couple scores. They were down two scores by the end of it. But, you know, they weren't that far away from, from flipping this game. So, Georgia's going to have to look at themselves and, and do a, a little better job than they did uh, this week. I know what you guys are going to say. You guys are going to say, well, they're playing Georgia Tech. They are. And I will give you the three keys in the second half of the show. And, yes, if you listen to Up With The White and Gold this week with myself and John Watts, we gave you actually five keys of how Georgia Tech can potentially win this game. As I said on that show, I am also going to give you multiple keys, at least three, of how if UGA does these things, they should be able to win. Uh, but like I said, you had Georgia who won 16-6. to I'm pulling it up now. There it is. They won 16-6 to over Kentucky. Ohio State won 43-30 over Maryland. Not the world's biggest thrashing. 
Uh, Michigan won 19 to 17 over Illinois. It took a late kick to win that one. TCU won 29-28 on a late kick in that one. And number five, Tennessee lost to South Carolina 63 to 38. So the top five <laughs> did not have the world's best day. UGA was still ranked number one because they still are the best team in the country. You've got Ohio State two, Michigan three. Those two teams play each other this week. TCU four, LSU slid up into five with USC and Alabama and Clemson, Oregon, Tennessee to round out the 10. Tennessee ended up dropping all the way to 10. That's probably correct. Uh, brings up a lot of scenarios. I'm not here to get into scenarios. You guys know that. But a win's a win. You kept your ranking. And you have one game left to potentially run the table two years in a row. And we will talk about that game with Georgia Tech after our break, where we will tell you about our friends at BetOnline.net. Hey, this is Jeremy the Impact York from the Impact Media family of podcasts. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest ways to get your betting fix. And don't forget BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we're back here on Hunker Down. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jeremy the Impact York. In the first part of the show, we told you about the win over Kentucky, uh, some struggles that they, they seemed to have. It seemed that the defense wanted to contain UGA a little more, and it seemed to seemed to kind of work. They contained more than pressure. That's interesting. Just uh, I think it was just keeping Stetson from moving around much and keeping him in the pocket, which would play to uh, one of his one of his uh, I wouldn't say weaknesses but one of his not strengths he's not super fond of standing in the pocket and throwing he usually likes to kind of move around so it's not a bad strategy uh, but Kentucky has the personnel to do so so um, outside of me reminding you you should visit our friends at betonline.net where they have the betting and wagering lines as well as articles and podcasts that will make you if nothing else a smarter fan whether you're at your family reunion whether you're at your uh, the water cooler at work uh, trapped in an elevator um, waiting for your food at a fast food restaurant or any restaurant no matter where you are whether you like to bet whether you don't like to bet whether you can bet whether you can't bet where you're at maybe it's illegal you can at least go to betonline.net and get all the extra tips and stats and information to make you a more educated, smarter fan. Uh, super people, tell them Impact Media sent you, and they love to hear that, and I love to hear from them that you told them that. It is uh, works for everybody. Now, as I said before the break, we talked about that game with Kentucky. You won. You kept your ranking. Now let's move on to this week, where you host those Yellow Jackets of Georgia Tech. That is an ESPN game, 12 p.m., 35.5-point 
favorites. Yikes, this has got trap game written all over it because we all know that next week you will be in Mercedes-Benz Stadium as the home team as you will host the LSU Tigers for the SEC Championship. It's a 4 p.m. CBS game, by the way. You're a 15-point favorite. That being said, this is a little bit of a trap game. You've, you're not going to see Jeff Sims. You're not going to see um, Pyron. You are more than likely going to see the third and fourth string quarterbacks for Georgia Tech. And that is, yeah, you're not going to see Jeff Sims. You're not going to see Zach Pyron. You're going to see Zach Gibson, who did not look amazing, but he didn't look bad. He was he was uh, above average. He had an okay day. Not bad at all, this stat-wise. Um, and they also have Tyson Fumacon, who, is, who they kind of, they listened to what I said, clearly. And they, you run Gibson as your main quarterback. You run Fumacon as your Taysom Hill. You're kind of Tim Tebow. If he's in, kind of do some options, some runs. You can do some passes here and there. But for the most part, he's, he's there to run because that's something he's good at, scrambling around. You're, you're going to have to face the uh, somewhat two-headed attack. Gibson's going to be the starter. Fumacon will be the changeup. You are um, their main rusher. Is a pretty good rusher. If the line holds, Hassan Hall is a good rusher. He has 115 attempts for 520 yards and a touchdown. A lot of people say, "Oh, he's only got 500 yards," or "Oh, only 115 attempts." Well, a lot of times this year, for a third of this season, they had Jeff Collins as their head coach. He's not there anymore. You guys know that as well. They currently have Brent Key, who has been a little more aggressive, a little different in the way he calls things. And a lot of times they have been behind, so you usually don't run the ball when you're behind. So Hall and Smith have not been the, have not had a lot of the opportunities that they necessarily need to. Dante Smith, that is. But, you know, Dante Smith's approaching 400 yards, and um, Hassan Hall has over 500. So, but Smith also has five touchdowns. Something that you're going to have to watch for. The leading receiver is McCollum, who has 54 catches for 590 yards. That is an average of almost 11 per catch. He has three touchdowns. Uh, E.J. Jenkins has three touchdowns as well. And um, Malachi Carter has a touchdown. Those are your three leading receivers. They also use Rutherford and Hall coming out of the backfield. Rutherford is a wide receiver. Um, offensively, here's what it comes down to. Can you keep can you keep Zach Gibson from making the big play? He, he can make some plays, and can you keep Fumacon from running past you all the time? Because Fumacon, just in one game, had 44 yards and a touchdown. 
something. You're going to have to keep an eye on. But offensively, um, Georgia Tech has kind of a mixed look. I think they should focus more on their run game, but I don't know that they have the personnel to be the type of run team they need to be. But also keep this in mind. Brent Key has these guys at 5 and 6. They need one win to be bowl eligible, and I reversed my stance on it last week, or earlier this week, and said if Brent Key gets them to a bowl, including a win over Georgia in a year when Georgia is 11-0 and and the number one team in the country, Brent Key is probably going to be named the head coach because of that. He's probably going to be named the head coach because what other way could you rebound out of being an interim coach than uh, to get a team four wins and the ability to be in a bowl game while beating UGA, your technical rival, we call it rivalry or not, uh, usually UGA dominates it. So it seems like a, a tall order, but at the same time, it's it's what that's what they're playing for. Their season is on the line, and so is that coach's future. So they're going to play out of their minds for him. When you look at Ely, who has 107 tackles this year, Charlie Thomas, who has 104, um, three and a half sacks for Ely. Thomas has two, and he hadn't got kicked out of a game in a while. Even though he got three in the last game, Keon White has seven and a half sacks this year. So he has four and a half in one season, or in, for most of the season. He had three last week. Uh, he's him and Douse and Scott and uh, Yujuin. Those are the tackle monsters and those are the sack masters that are going to be coming after Stetson Bennett. And I know a lot of UGA fans are, are probably thinking, oh, you're just talking them up to make it sound like it's going to be closer than it is. Not necessarily. And I know some of you Georgia Tech fans are like, why aren't you making it sound like we have a chance? Because you do. You do. There is a chance. And when I get into the keys, you're going to see where those chances are. But I've watched both of these teams all year long. This Georgia Tech team, if you would have played them or if you would have played them five, six weeks ago, uh, probably 70 to 7. But Georgia's a little bit of a different team. And Georgia Tech is a way different team. And if you get too close, if you let them get too close, well, Stewart is an incredible kicker who is 11 for 12 this year in extra points and he's made 12 uh, he's 12 13 uh, field goal wise he has hit everything under 40 yards he is one for two on things 40 yards or more he's a good kicker guys he's a real good kicker so those are the things that you're gonna have to look out for like I said and they the only thing they have to lose is their entire season they've built up to this maybe they don't want a different coach maybe they want to keep this guy it's going to show in how hard they are playing for Brent Key. So let's get in to 
let's get in to Georgia and our three keys to victory. Three keys to victory. I think number one, let's get McIntosh and Milton and Edwards and Robinson. Hey, Stetson wants to throw in a few. That's fine, too. If you want to, you, or you need to establish the run. You need to win the battle up front and not let those tackle monsters of the linebackers and those sack masters of the defensive line, you do not want them pressuring Stetson and in the backfield a lot. So what do you do? You offset that by making them stop the run. Really key in on the run. Number two, defensively, you've got to push. You've got to push them. Oh, there it is. You've got to push them around at the line of scrimmage. You've got to dominate the line of scrimmage. And you've got to keep. got to keep Zach Gibson on his toes and running around. He's not a big scramble guy. He's a stand in the pocket. He's the opposite of Stetson. He wants to stand in the pocket and step up and deliver. You've got to flush him out of the pocket. So defensively do that and uh, and get him off off center. Get him get him out of his game. Let's see key key number 1 as I said to establish the run. Key number two, make Zach Gibson uh, flush him out of the pocket. Key number three, you've got to win the turnover battle. It's something you guys normally do, something the dogs usually do, but you've got to do it against a team like Georgia Tech because if you don't, if you don't, and you let Georgia Tech back in this because of a fumble or an interception, then, you know, all bets are off. If you let them hang around, they are the type of weird, quirky matchup team for you that maybe they pull off a weird, weird win. And I'm actually going to give you a fourth key. Georgia, in recent years, has had the propensity to play to their opponent's skill level. I'm not going to say play down because that's disrespectful. They play to the skill level of their opponent even when they are much more skilled. If they play to Georgia Tech's skill level, they will be playing into the Georgia Tech battle plan, and they could potentially lose. They need to play Georgia football. You pound the ball. You take your shots down the field. You get Brock Bowers on jet sweeps and things like that, and you get him involved in McConkey in different ways, and your defense completely shuts down the opposing offense. That's UGA football. You have to do those things. If you do at least two of those four, you should win. If you do three of those four, I would almost guarantee it. If you do all four of those, you're probably going to win by a couple scores or more. I would say two to three scores. This is going to be a lot closer than, than any predictor would say. It's not going to be a 35.5 point victory for Georgia. Um, if you told me it is 30 to 14, possible, 
if you tell me 35 to 17, even 40 to 17, maybe 40 to 20. You, that's what you're looking if UGA does those things. I'll be watching alongside just like you guys will. Me and John Watts from Up With The White and Gold will be in the same building watching uh, this game among others so that we can cover them all properly and, uh, and plus just to hang out too. So we'll be following along. And we hope you guys follow along as well. We look forward to Up With The White and Gold and Hunker Down next week as they will be fun shows regardless of how this ends, or how this game goes. I very much think UGA is going to win. I think they're going to do at least two of those four things I just said. But that's also why we watch the game. It's also why we watch the game. Because if they, they are looking past this game to the SEC Championship versus LSU, uh, there's a chance UGA uh, little brothers them and comes up and sneaks up and finds a way to disrupt their season. Other than that, that's going to do it for us this week here on Hunker Down. Appreciate you guys allowing us to come on each and every week and talk UGA football. As, like I said, they should win this this week. I'm your host, Jeremy the Impact York. We will see you guys next week. Go dogs!